For Hymns 22, the focus is really on amplifying the speaker and attendee voices, certainly to highlight that dynamic, engaging content that we do offer. Reimagine Health is the theme of Hymns 22, which is here just seven months after last year's conference. Three of the many superheroes who are pulling off this great accomplishment are Hymns Meeting Services VP Karen Malone, Professional Development VP Joanne Kleindienst, and Cynthia Hornkeff, Senior Director of Event Programs at Hymns Media. I'm so pleased to continue my annual chat with these ladies to learn about their planning and what will be new and exciting in Orlando from March 14th through the 17th. Karen, Joanne, and Cynthia, welcome back to the Look Left at Marketing podcast. Very nice to speak with you again, Tavita. I will say to Joanne and Karen, I feel like we just talked because the conference was not very long, not even a year ago, and you had six months to prepare. So bravo to you, which shows a little grit. So what did you have to do differently to pull this off in such a short time? It's a great question, actually. The interesting thing is with Hymns 21 being pushed back to August, and normally it would be in the spring, we actually had a longer runway than normal, right, as we were planning Hymns 21. So what we did was we very smartly planned two conferences almost at the same time to some degree. We were working on logistical planning and behind-the-scenes planning for HIMSS 22, taking advantage of that longer runway um, while we were also working on HIMSS 21. So in terms of working on two at the same time, how do you do that? Well, a lot of it is around the logistics planning. So we know for the most part what events we believe we're going to have from year to year. We can go ahead and start planning those events in advance. We can start to plan our transportation plans, housing plans, and a lot of it is around the logistics, which frankly is a big piece of the time-consuming component as well. Of course, then you have to, you know, there's certain things you just can't, whether it's the people who are speaking or the keynotes and who's going to be in the exhibitor. So there's some things you just cannot plan, but you could check some boxes to help yourself for the next time as much as possible. You're right. We did do that. We had a good idea of what speakers might be looking at based on content areas, but it wasn't as easy to plan and advance the education program, as Joanne will tell you, as it was some of the pieces of the logistics. So COVID's still around. How has the protocol changed for 2022? Well, it's interesting because we've learned a lot, of course, around COVID and the planning for him 21. I think what's really going to be new and different based on lessons that we learned were in Las Vegas, we had to apply social distancing around COVID and we had other health and safety protocols that we had to apply. And you're going to see, for the most part, many of those same protocols for him 22. But while we had fewer people in attendance, and we learned that that's okay, that people felt the conversations were deeper and better and more qualitative. So um, we don't know where we're going to land with attendance, but, you know, if only we had a crystal ball, we just don't know. We know our registration numbers are are starting to pop now, and we're starting to see some nice trending, but we don't know where we're going to land. But we do know that the attendees and the exhibitors, and the exhibitors that were there felt they had much more meaningful conversations with attendees than they've ever had before. And the people were happier to be there. They appreciated the content, the networking, you know, the opportunity to connect with colleagues more and to see solutions and to do some business. We learned that it's important to provide more places for people to meet on a moment's notice. So we are going to have more meeting places, if you will, available, meeting spaces that attendees can go ahead and pop into and 
book maybe for 15 or 30 minutes to meet with one another to conduct business at conference too. We learned that that was really important also. That's actually interesting. Are you finding over the years that certain parts of the show, like PIMS is gaining ground as a networking place at the expense of exhibiting? Or is it more that everything's going up, including networking and the capability for that? I think it's a shift in the way people are doing business. I think we've learned so much over the last few years with COVID that a lot of it's about relationships and connections. I think people just understand more the importance of relationships as part of doing business and have learned sense. that over the last few years. The other thing I wanted to mention, David, is, you know, we learned very much with speaking of the exhibits in the exhibition floor, we had some exhibitor cancellations at the last mm-hmm. minute at him 21, of course, with the, you know, spike in Delta variant. So we took those spaces and we really turned lemons into lemonade, if you will, and we created a lot more cozy networking meeting place areas on the floor, and we found the attendees really love that. No surprise. We just haven't had the room for that necessarily in the past, but we've made more room for that for 2022. You will see at the show there will be a lot more places for people to sit down, relax, reconnect do business with one another, and not necessarily in a traditional environment that you would expect in someone's booth, which is still very important, but you've got other options now also if you prefer to do it in another meeting area that's a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more social distance on the exhibit floor and other areas throughout the convention center. But I think that's that's good, especially with people getting back to conferences and they're just dying to see each other and reconnect. I know you talked a little bit about attendees and exhibitors, and we you know, maybe don't have hard numbers yet, but what was the speaking submission numbers? About the same, or did you see any change there? This is Joanne, and we mm-hmm. had 568 proposals that we did receive. We mm-hmm. were about 20% down from HIMSS 20, but with the runway being so close, we were very, very pleased with that, and we were able to move forward to over 220 of those sessions. That's a good percentage. Great. I'd love to talk with Cynthia a little bit about the digital event as well. That's certainly a big part of conferences this year. So tell me a little bit more about the differences between the two. Obviously, one's in person and one isn't. But what should participants expect? Are they able to do a hybrid model? Tell me a little bit more about what you're working on. So this is the second HIMSS Global Digital Program. We offered the program last August. The content we've curated and the experience we've designed complement rather than our, our duplicate of the programming that's being delivered in Orlando. So everyone or anyone attending Orlando would also benefit from the digital program. We've got close to 100 speakers covering a broad spectrum of healthcare and technology topics, and many of them are exclusively speaking in the digital program. We'll be broadcasting the program Monday through Thursday, March 14th through 17th, and because we know the audience is extremely busy and schedule flexibility is so important to them, the programming will also be available for 50 days after the show concludes. I also want to call out that each day of the programming, we feature a theme or segments and episodes that cover a broad topic, but within each of those segments, we've curated sessions and keynotes. There's going to be live interviews and lots more. The other thing that we have through the digital program is an on-demand library of sessions that are going to be eligible for CE credits, which is extremely important to our community. And then the last thing I just want to just call out is that the HIMSS Digital not only addresses the theme of reimagined health through the content and through the speakers that are participating in the program, but I believe 
It's in the way that we are reimagining how we share knowledge and exchange ideas with everyone digitally. And last August, we actually had attendees representing over 81 countries. So my hope this time around will be able to even broaden our reach to even more countries, more people, and really be able to share this knowledge with a wider audience. What kind of networking opportunities can people who are attending digitally enjoy? We have a couple different things that we can do through our platform, our attendee hub. They're able to set up one-on-one appointments with folks that they have an interest in meeting one-on-one with. They can also, we have what we call facilitated conversations where we identify a topic and then we have hosts and guest speakers who kind of tee up the conversation and ask the audience really to participate. So it's more of an engagement kind of presentation rather than one to many kind of stand up on stage kind of representation. So those are two things that we've done in the past. They've really been well received and we'll keep expanding those different opportunities for groups and individuals to come together digitally. Do you see this digital version as something here to stay? I definitely think it's here to stay because again, as I I mentioned, not everybody can travel to whatever our destination is for the in-person program. And HIMSS, of course, wants to reach the broadest audience and to be able to bring this community together. So whether we bring them together in, in a room or we bring them together through you know, a digital virtual environment, I think we have a, a goal and an obligation to do that. And it's great that we have tools to do that now. And so we certainly don't want to abandon the momentum that we've gotten so far and, and really can evolve it even further. Joanne or Karen, do you think because we may see low lower numbers in person that will give you a more variety and where you can have the show? It's a great question, David. I think it would give us maybe a little bit more variety in, in the kind of programming that we do. And maybe you'll see more regional programs that we'll be mm-hmm. able to do. We have contractual relationships with the venues for several years now, for the next six or seven years, perhaps. Because of the size of the show, you have to, or you're not going to get the space in the future. Having said that, we do have some flexibility on where we can go in some of the upcoming years. So we'll, we will be reassessing it, and it's something that we've, we've spoken about. We do feel Orlando's always a good draw, you know, and it's good to go to the Midwest, and Chicago's a great business city, and then going to the West Coast with Vegas is also always a good draw as well. But certainly I think what we're going to take a look at is where there may be opportunities. If people can't attend this meeting, you know, they can participate in digital, of course, but also potentially some other regional events throughout the rest of the year. Let's talk about some new programs and events. I always love this part. As far as what's new, we looked at our content and decided that we really needed to align to our organizational taxonomy. So we have done things that have made it easier for our attendees to really locate and consume the content that they're truly interested in. So we're really excited about that. And we have eight broad categories of which we then divide information up into actually a few dozen additional categories. And that might sound counterintuitive, but it really helps folks who are focused, for example, on a topic like data and information, which, oh, by the way, is where we receive the most of our submissions. But then if they want to drill a little bit further, they can also focus on cyber security and privacy, data analytics, 
and artificial intelligence. So it's really an enhanced way of identifying the content that's most important to them. Will there be any other outside events at Disney? Are you allowed to do that? We are doing an event at Universal Studios on Thursday evening, and we're seeing registration being very high out of the gate for that. Lots of interest in it. That will be a great experience, being able to go to Universal Studios and um, enjoy several of the attractions there. So that will be Thursday evening. And then we are looking at other potential theme park opportunities. And as part of looking at programming and enhancements this year, we have our executive experience in which there are special programs designed for execs coming to conference where they really want to meet in more of a peer-to-peer setting with one another. And we've designed a really fabulous program this year for them. There's going to be some tours at Lake Nona Medical Facility, very innovative a healthcare institution in Orlando. And that's going to be on Sunday for the executive community. And then they've got some other VIP programs and activities planned for them throughout the week. That is great. And I know another much anticipated aspect of HIMS is the Digital Ambassador Program and, you know, our ever-expanding role of social media at the conference. Can you talk more about that? Is that still on, whether it's in person or digital or both? Sure, yes. As you know, Davida, social media is the core of bringing our communities together, no matter where they are in the world. And as our global focus, we continue to be very excited about this. And we've taken HIMS 22 as an opportunity to reimagine what our focus will be. And that's engaging more of the speaker and attendee voices, along with thought leadership and insights. So really focusing on those folks who are truly the subject matter experts on the content that they are presenting and reimagining how we're doing that. So we're currently not accepting applications for the Digital Ambassador Program, but we will announce when we will be doing that once again. So for HIMSS 22, the focus is really on amplifying the speaker and attendee voices, certainly to highlight that dynamic, engaging content that we do offer. I did want to make sure I got in that I am so thrilled you have Angela Duckworth as one of your keynote speakers. I'm a huge fan. And that's where the grit comment I said before comes into play. And I can, I can see what is relevant for us. I want to hear in your words why you chose her. Yeah, great question, Davida. Actually, I had the privilege of hearing Angela Mm -hmm. Duckworth at another conference that I had attended. And I was aware of Grit, her book. And during this keynote presentation, I was just absolutely fascinated with not only the power of passion and perseverance, which is so inherent in the work of healthcare providers, not only today, but from a historical perspective, but the message that she also brings around achievement and effort and Mm -hmm. the fact of just showing up. She's dynamic. She's mm-hmm. funny. She is really embodies the word of grit, if you will, because she's so passionate about what she does and she's so ins- inspirational as well. And as we evaluate and review keynotes for our conferences, she made the cut. We're very happy to welcome her to the Executive Summit. I am thrilled. I listened to her podcast, No Stupid Questions, with Stephen Dubner. And- 
she really puts a human perspective on even complex things regarding psychology and human nature and why we do things and why we don't do things. And certainly the business of keeping health providers healthy, I think is important. And I know that keynotes, they do their keynotes and they leave. It would be wonderful, I think, at some points, even possible for keynote speakers to do a little bit more at a show like that, have an office hour, or bet a lot of people are going to just want to ask questions more in a personal level. But that's for another time. Maybe I'll put in it into a suggestion box about same with Michael Phelps. I mean, his big issue, of course, is mental health. And so thankful for someone like him with such awareness, not only as an Olympian, but in now in mental health and making it common for people to say it's okay, right? I'm assuming that was your impetus for having him on? Exactly, Davida. You know, what an inspiration I think he will be to our audiences. We know that this topic has unfortunately just gained a lot of traction over the last few years. And I think such a great spokesperson about it as he's managed his own personal struggle with mental health issues and still been such a great inspiration around being the most decorated Olympian ever. So we're really, really pleased to invite him to our keynote platform this year. I know we have only a couple of minutes, but was there anything that you'd like to talk about that I didn't ask or any final messages to our audience? It really will be a wonderful conference. I think people that come will really enjoy the program. We've lined up what we believe is a stellar program this year. Everyone that's coming is saying they're very excited to be coming. People that haven't registered yet say they plan on registering. You know, some of them are waiting for Omicron to really start to um, go on the downside, which it's really starting to do in several parts of the country and world. So we're excited about the conference being in sunny Orlando, where I think a lot of people, especially out of the Midwest and the North, are ready to go hit some sun. I really do thank you all for the ongoing dialogue over the years and thank you for everything you do to make this show so great. It's so big and you still seem to pull off greatness. <laughs> I can't think of another word. So bravo to you all. I appreciate your time today very much. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Look Love's Davida Dinnerman with Karen Malone, Joanne Kleindienst and Cynthia Hornketh previewing HIMSS 2022, which will be both a digital event and in person in Orlando, Florida. If you'd like more information, visit hymns.org slash global dash conference. We hope you'll subscribe to the Look Left at Marketing series on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we always welcome comments and suggestions for future episodes. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of the Look Left at Marketing podcast. Till next time, be well.